The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LeGrecker. On today's episode, myself and Thunder Rosa give our MVPs in the week that was in pro wrestling. Also, AEW owner and president Tony Khan will join us as we get closer and closer to full gear right now on the Busted Open Podcast. For a while, a lot of people, and this is like, and and she says it a lot in her promos. I'm going to say Mandy Rose, uh, and I want to give an appreciation to her because she's worked so darn hard hard in the last month representing the NXT brand and also you know working on her craft when he was he sorry when she was I apologize my English and Spanish got mixed up Uh, when she was in Raw and Smackdown all the time like people did not have any respect for her and like a lot of the times you know because of her lack of skills like there's a lot of you know little things here and there but I feel like she really has put the time um she has developed her character really, really well. People tune in to see her. She always make everybody talk about her. And this last match she had, um, she's showing a lot of fire. And and I was I was talking to Paul about this. And and the fact that she's taking a lot more risks as a champion, it really shows that she's growing and she is really committed to what she's doing right now. She's really committed to represent NXT women's division as a champion yeah she might not be a high flyer she not she know you know she might not be super spectacular but what she's doing I think is very important because that shows you if you give time to someone if you believe in them that's how you can that's how you can develop and that's how you can become and I think Mandy Rose deserves a little bit more respect because she's really working very very hard well, you know, Thunder, you look at Mandy Rose, and she was on the main roster, and then she got moved to NXT. A lot of people look at that as like a demotion. And you know what? Maybe that's something that could have, she could have taken it and said, like, I, why did, what did I do wrong? Why are they making this move? You know, I don't need to go back to NXT. But what she did instead is she took that opportunity, and she owned that opportunity. When I think of NXT right now, I think, of Mandy Rose. She has really owned yes. that that women's division. And first of all, I thought Mandy was doing a good job on the main roster. 
But how she stepped up her game and how she took this opportunity and knocked it out of the park. And and Thunder, what she's done with Toxic Attraction. You know, how she's gotten Dolan and JC Jane to that next level just by yes. associating themselves with Mandy Rose. I I, I can't say enough. And uh, go ahead. No, but it, it this is the importance of booking, of booking a person the right way. Mandy and Toxic Attraction needed that opportunity and that storyline that they have to develop as the heels, the main heels of a company. Why? I can tell you when I was an NWA working on my on the first season, how I was booked, it really developed the Thunder Rosa a lot of people really like when I came to AEW. And I feel what they have done with Mandy Rose in the last year, they have created an aura for her that she had really has empowered herself and taken it over. And that's why when you see her in every match that she's doing with chairs, you know, with, you know, an extreme match or just a regular match, she's delivering. And I think um, it is important that we give her her flowers because she deserves that. And like I said, for me, one thing that I love is that she owns the fact that she's pretty, that she's beautiful, but she's also a champion. And she's also the face of the women's division in that aspect. And, and. You know, like the dynamics that she has with the baby faces there. Because uh, oh, I, I think at NXT is like, you're either super, super heel and you're super, super baby face. And that's that's very palpable. It's, it, I don't feel like there's a lot of tweeners. And um, I think that helps her a lot more when she is, you know, doing doing her thing. And um, I'm really enjoying her work in the last couple of weeks. And I really enjoy her promos because uh, they're very entertaining with her and the toxic attraction. And now she's been NXT Women's Champion for over a year. And, you know, as you know, Thunder, uh, I was good enough to get the opportunity to host a kickoff show for yes. Halloween Havoc, the last uh, NXT uh, pay-per-view. And, you know, we did um, a pre-show on SiriusXM. You know, Paul was producing. We were out there in Florida to do it. And Mandy Rose got up early in the morning and come on to be a guest on that show. And I did that interview with her. She didn't need to do that. But I think she wanted to take that opportunity, not to get herself over, but the NXT brand over. You know, I think she's really said, all right, I'm a part of NXT. I really want to get NXT out there to the masses and to be able to take that opportunity. And I feel like being around NXT like I was in October it really is a team. I could tell by being in that locker room with all those wrestlers before Halloween Havoc, how much they're like, everyone is on the same page. Everyone is on the same side. Everybody wants to see everyone succeed because they know it's best for the brand. Listen, Thunder, nobody's been more critical of NXT than me, but I have seen now what Shawn Michaels has been able to do for that brand and what stars like Mandy Rose has been able to do for that brand, I look at NXT in a completely different way. And I can really feel how not only the future of the WWE is bright by seeing a lot of these stars, but somebody like Mandy Rose giving the experience and the knowledge to that roster on NXT as well. Uh, and that's your your own point. And you know how many times I used to call you and I'd be like, why are you watching NXT? This is like two years ago. We and watched it together. Yeah, we you watched know, it. And I, I was like, yes. well, you're forcing me to watch NXT? Like, really? Because at the time, I didn't feel it was like all that. And I feel like in the last probably four or five months, uh, 
some of the segments have been really, really well produced. And some of the stars are really new stars. They're investing a lot of time in them. And um, I can see it in the time that they get for promos and the uh, character development and uh, everything. Like you see them from when the, the moment that they started, the day they view, and then um, to to now, like, like their gear change, the hair, like everything. You see them develop from top, the bottom to top. And to me, that's very, very important as, you know, as someone who is always scouting females all over the the independent scene for Mission Pro Wrestling, which we have a show on December 10th. Don't forget to buy your tickets. Oh, by, um, the, by the way, we, we really got to do a better job of promoting that show because I will be there on December 10th. I'm going out to Texas, flying out to Texas. This will be my final match ever, December 10th. My retirement match, December 10th at Mission Pro Wrestling. He will be doing the Lagreca like Glean with Simon the Miller. Lagreca so. Oh yes, Lagreca like, like So, um, you, I, I, I got all sidetracked thanks to you. No, but oh, I was no. saying, I, I, I can't watch NXT, and I, and I'm, I'm like, wow, like especially because I have a couple of my friends are there, and it's really nice to see them how great they're looking, and when we used to wrestle in the Indies. But again, the, the person that the character development it is very, very important, and then when you can groom them to a way where you can make them superstars. It, no, it doesn't matter if they get, uh, it get they, they get released, they will still be a superstar somewhere else. Yes. So I'm very appreciative. So Mandy, Rose, thanks for your performance. You're doing great. And I can't wait to see what else uh, it's in store for you in the next couple months. Well, for my MVP, I'm going to be uh, sticking with the WWE as well, Thunder. And I'm going to go back to Monday Night Raw and Austin Theory. Uh, Austin Theory had, to me, a breakout performance. And it's not even what he did in the ring. It's what he did on the microphone. And it's some and somewhat, it's not even what he did on the microphone. It was just one facial expression before he started talking on the microphone. You knew right away when he did his promo in the back, just by the look on his face, that this was a completely different Austin Theory than we've seen before. We're used to seeing Austin Theory with that smile, taking selfies, being sarcastic. That's not the Austin Theory that we're seeing right now, and I think the Austin Theory that we're going to see moving forward. This is somebody who's extremely focused. This is somebody that's taking it very serious, and a lot of people thought from last week after the embarrassment of cashing in on the United States Championship and losing that we thought, a lot of fans thought this, that Austin Theory was going to get buried. That is not the case. I think the best thing for Austin Theory is that he no longer has that money in the bank briefcase, but he has a change in attitude thunder. So I can't wait to see what's next for Austin Theory. But for me, he's the MVP of this past week. Well, again, is that and that what it's why it's so important for all the fans of professional wrestling. Bust it open. Don't jump into conclusions when you see certain things on TV. The fact that they do that sometimes is for you to start talking and to start creating all this controversy. Why? Because controversy sometimes is ratings. Yeah. It might not be the best, it might not be the best for the talent, but it creates controversy, right? And in this week, I like the fact that it was there was continuity. He's taking, he loses, then he comes back, he beats the crap out of um, Seth Rollins, and then he comes back in a completely different aura 
and it just reminds me of like watching a, a, a play and it's like immediate the facials it's yep. very out, like over the top and, and people can see it and that's the important thing and and you know austin did a great job this week on showing that showing that he's upset showing that he's ready for the next step and showing that he is ruthless and he's not a little kid with a with a phone in her in his hand so again people are talking about this all over the internet and uh they're waiting to see what's going to happen in raw next week so everybody got their attention and you just said it like he's he you said he's not a kid anymore he kept saying that over and over when he was beating down seth rollins on monday night he's not a kid he's tired of people saying the youngest this the youngest that the youngest that's held on to the money in the bank briefcase he wants to show that he's a grown man and he's a serious contender and Listen, we know that Roman Reigns is the ultimate champion in the WWE, but he dominates Friday nights. He dominates SmackDown. But on Mondays, it's really Seth Rollins in that United States Championship. Yes. And I think that Austin Theory is going to go after Seth Rollins. And listen, as much as I love Bobby Lashley, and Bobby Lashley is after that United States Championship too, to me it's all about Austin Theory and, and Thunder. I can't wait to see what he's going to do next. Uh, me either. And the fact, again, that you were mentioned is that Seth Rollins have done a great job, you know, being the 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 champion and being a, the character of Raw. Uh, and when you have someone that can actually match that energy, it's going to be very interesting to see because this, we're talking about heel heel. And now Seth Rollins is kind of turning a little bit onto a baby face in this in, in this circumstance. But I don't know how, you know, the dynamics are going to work in like how many matches and how, like how the storyline is going to be created for them to maybe Austin Theory be the next champion. Who knows? I mean, given the fact that he lost money in the bank and it's been like, again, everybody was very upset because every time that somebody cashes money in the bank, usually they win and yeah. Austin didn't. So maybe they're planting the seed right there. Maybe he will become the next champion. Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Fuel up for them with factors, no prep, no mess meals. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factors Fresh Never Frozen Meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Crush your wellness goals this May with dietitian approved meals and ingredients that you can trust. Treat yourself to restaurant-quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, and blackened salmon. Head to Factormeals.com Busted50 and use code Busted50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code Busted50 at Factormeals.com Busted50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. This is Adam Shine, host of the Adam Shine Podcast. Here to tell you, you can listen to my podcast all year round. I'll give you my NFL picks against the spread, give you fantasy advice all season long, while being joined by the best guests in all of sports. He's Aaron Rodgers of the Green Bay Packers. This is what I expect. You know, I expect to play well every year. We release episodes of the Adam Shine Podcast every week. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcast or listen on the SXM app, including with most subscriptions. The Adam Shine Podcast. Yesterday, I had the opportunity to sit down with AEW owner and president Tony Khan as we get closer and closer to full gear taking place tomorrow night. And my first question to Tony 
is how important is Full Gear tomorrow night? I feel like it's one of our biggest shows ever, and Full Gear is annually one of the biggest shows in pro wrestling, and I think all three Full Gears have been great shows, and now the fourth Full Gear event Saturday night this week is going to be, I think, one of the best wrestling shows in all of 2022, which is going to be a high standard because I think there's been a lot of great wrestling in 2022. And I feel like you look down these matches, and let's let's just get right into it. Let's get into the matches that we're going to see on Saturday for the pay-per-view. Um, obviously, Mox and MJF, I have my feelings about that match. I'm going to put that to the side for just a second, because I feel like after this past week's Dynamite, the match that I'm most looking forward to, probably more than any other match on the card, and this is a stacked card, is going to be Dr. Britt Baker and Soraya. I feel like there's almost been a line drawn between Soraya and Dr. Britt Baker. Soraya came in last week on the microphone and she talked about her accomplishments. But I feel for the AEW audience, they respect Soraya. They're gr- they're glad that Soraya is back. But Dr. Britt Baker is, as you said, one of the pillars of this company. They've been following her AEW career since day one. What do you think the crowd is going to be like in Newark, New Jersey for that match? I think it's going to be uh, very interesting to see how the crowd reacts. It's going to be unpredictable going into Soraya versus Dr. Britt Baker DMD on Saturday at AEW Full Gear on pay-per-view. And fans worldwide are going to be interested in this match because Soraya's got such a compelling story. I think it's one of the most widely known stories in all of pro wrestling. And it's one of the most compelling stories, really, for her to make a comeback to wrestling that nobody thought was possible. Certainly, nobody would have thought it would be happening in AEW. And what a dream match it is, Soraya versus Dr. Britt Baker, DMD. They've been on a collision course since Soraya arrived, ironically, back here in the tri-state area at AEW Grand Slam. And now for it to come full circle back here, a lot of the same fans in the live house at AEW Full Gear. And so many fans watching on pay-per-view this Saturday night all over the world are going to be watching Soraya's comeback match against Dr. Britt Baker, DMD. And I'm really excited for that fight. Last week, Soraya said she was cleared. She got emotional in the ring when she made the announcement that she was cleared. Dr. Britt Baker on Dynamite this past Wednesday got emotional when she was talking about Daly's place. You know, Soraya talked about wrestling in Tokyo, wrestling at Madison Square Garden. Britt brought up the fact that during the pandemic, wrestling for a year at Daly's place, she got emotional about it. I think watching it myself and the AEW hardcore fan watching it as well probably got emotional. It brought you back to a time that I think a lot of people want to forget, but they remember because of the entertainment that AEW was be able to give us during that time. Man, it's hard. It's hard for me, Tony. I'm going to be honest. I love Soraya. I respect Soraya. It's going to be hard for me to root against Dr. Britt Baker because everything she said in that two-minute promo on Dynamite is 100% true. And I feel for Tony, you know better than anybody. Pro wrestling is best when you have emotional attachment. I am emotionally attached to Dr. Britt Baker right now. Well, there is uh, definitely a compelling reason to support both women in this great match. I think between Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, being such a great homegrown star, one of the people who's helped build AEW and keep it strong 
through that pandemic era, through all those weeks at Daly's Place. She's been a great champion for AEW, a great contender. And right now, she's locked in on a collision course with Soraya, who's also somebody very compelling. It's an amazing comeback story. And her story, again, it's known to people all over the world. Millions of people know about Soraya and know what she went through to become a pro wrestler and now know that this is a great comeback story. And I think it's going to be a great fight no matter who you support, whether you support Soraya or Dr. Britt Baker, DMD. Uh, You gave that opportunity to Dr. Britt Baker. She mentioned it in her promo on Dynamite. Um, You took a chance on Dr. Britt Baker, and obviously it worked out for you. When you see what she's been able to accomplish, and she's one of those stars, Tony, that doesn't necessarily need a championship around her waist. You know, we grew up watching a lot of stars that didn't need a world championship around their waist. Dr. Britt Baker is one of them. How proud are you of seeing how she has been able to take the ball, run with it, score with it over the course of the last three years? Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, is one of the best pro wrestlers in the world, in my opinion, in terms of connecting with the audience and, uh, you know, what she does, how hard she works and uh, studies the profession and really uh, what she'll go through and how tough she is to finish a match. There's been multiple times where Dr. Britt Baker's had her nose broken in a match and fought through, and I think that's part of what helped build her connection to the audience. Some of the most compelling images of Britt Baker in her matches are Britt bloodied, battered, and fighting on. And we've seen that whether she wins or loses, uh, she will always fight her ass off and uh, bleed and sweat for this profession. And that's what makes her one of the hardest working wrestlers. And I think at connecting with the audience these days, she's one of the best. So uh, I have a ton of respect for Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, but I also have a ton of respect for her opponent, Soraya, who is somebody who is one of the most recognizable faces in all of pro wrestling and also has battled back and gone through more to make this comeback happen than just about anybody could have imagined. So I'm really excited for her. All right, you look at that matchup. First of all, you look at Soraya, and it's it's kind of crazy to say this because Soraya is still very young. She's only 30 years old. And for somebody who was out of action for a five-year period, I, I, I mean, I'm going to say legend. Like, you know, she kind of changed the landscape of the company that she used to work for when it comes to that women's division. She's a part of your women's division right now. You have Dr. Britt Baker. You have an interim champion in Tony Storm, at least for right now. Who knows what's going to happen against Jamie Hayter uh, at Full Gear on Saturday. You know me, Tony. I'm a Thunder guy. Thunder's out there at some point. She's going to come back and be a part of this landscape as well. A lot of people don't like the interim champion. A lot of people think that you should take that championship away, and then whenever... They, they're able to come back, then they got to fight their way back to get that championship. I'm on the fence about it. There's a part of me that loves the interim champion, and there's a part of me that thinks that if you can't defend it in 30 days, it needs to be stripped. Why did you choose to go with the interim champion? And do you think it's working for you right now? Well, I've wanted to give Thunder Rosa, who was injured, every opportunity to come back and defend the championship. And right now, Tony Storm has been a great interim champion. She's going into a huge match at full gear on Saturday against Jamie Hayter. That's another really compelling yes. match. They're two people that have been tremendous on AEW TV. They both had great matches, and the crowd really supports both of them, even though they take very different approaches to pro wrestling. And they started in similar places, and it's a great story 
for them to come back and fight for the title. And again, it's a great example on this pay-per-view. So many of the homegrown stars of AEW wrestling against the biggest name free agents who've wrestled on TV all over the world and came into AEW. People that had experience and a big name when they arrived in AEW versus people that built their name and reputation on AEW television. And up and down the card, you see a lot of that. And this yeah. is another great example of it. And there are different sides. It's not like there, you know, it's the same story. I mean, really up and down the card, you see that, but it's, it's different sides to different coins. Like it's not, uh, you know, different shades of gray in terms of, uh, you know, who breaks rules, uh, who the fans support in some cases, it, but a lot of support for some of the homegrown people. But on the other hand, some of these big name free agents have come in and gotten a lot of fan support. Yes. So it's very fascinating. And that's what makes this, I think, one of our most compelling cards is that dichotomy of the homegrown talent taking on. Uh, frankly, some of the biggest name free agents in pro wrestling that have come into AEW and really helped us build such a great name for ourselves over the years. And two homegrown stars that you have to talk about when it comes to this women's division because they have a big match as well on Saturday night is Nyla Rose and Jade. Like, you look at how Jade has really improved over time. And Nyla Rose, too. She started started off hard, kind of was on the back burner for a little bit, but now she's back. This is a big matchup on Saturday. Yeah, I'm tremendously excited uh, for Jade Cargill versus Nyla Rose with the TBS championship on the line. Uh, I think this is... An amazing test, I think, for both women. This is the toughest match they've been in, and that's why it should be a great hard-hitting encounter. I'm really, really looking forward to it. Uh, it'll be a great match for the TBS Championship. It's been a very interesting uh, rivalry, to say the least. And ever since Nyla Rose stole Jade's TBS Championship belt, started parading all over the world with it, uh, she's forced Jade to do her press appearances and travel with a replica belt. Yeah. And we're going to settle this and find out who the real TBS champion is on Saturday at Full Gear. And I am excited for that one. It should be a great card. Three great women's matches out of, and 10 great matches on this card. Should be a really fun pay-per-view. Now, I know I, I ask you this all the time on Tony Time when you join us on Wednesdays on Busted Open, but... The acclaimed and the match that they are having, and I you you already you always get a smile on your face when I mention the acclaimed. Um, the way that you feel about the acclaimed, I think, is the way the world feels right now about the acclaimed. Like, I mean, you got to be like patting yourself on the back a little bit. You took these two guys, put them together, it's it's worked. Like, tell me about that. Tell me about that feeling that knowing that you took a chance on two guys, put them together, and they hit a home it's run. It's all about. These two guys and about their mentor, Daddy Ass, I I think they are so tremendous. It, I'm very proud that we have such a home, homegrown top tag team like the Acclaimed, but it's also a big match because it's a rubber match, yeah. and they're going into a big fight. And like I talked about, it's two of the great homegrown stars of AEW taking on two of the biggest name free agents, and they've been on... This collision course for a rubber match after a great world championship match at All Out and then a great rematch at Grand Slam. It's very fitting that they settle this at AEW Full Gear. And again, it's very fitting that it fits the bill to a T. And it's it's very different than some of the other matches we just talked about, like Britt Baker versus Soraya or Jamie Hayter versus Tony Storm. It's very different uh, psychology. But here we have, on one side, the homegrown act. On the other side, the big-name free agent act. And they've both been great. They're both awesome. And in the case of the acclaimed, who you asked me about, 
Max and Anthony have worked so hard to get to this point. I had a great feeling about both of them as individuals, and I thought they could make a great tag team worthy of the name, the acclaimed. And I had some thoughts on the presentation, and ever since then, they've taken that and done so, so, so much with it and what has been derived from it and what they have brought into the world with scissoring and the 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 life the whole act of the acclaimed has taken on and what daddy ass added to it and i and i'm i'm very proud of what we've all built with the acclaimed and i think they've been great champions but on the other hand keith and swerve were great champions too swerve in our glory is a great tag team champion act i think swerve uh versus anthony bowens was a great match on dynamite and it's a great preview of what's ahead on saturday night at full gear in the tag team championship match and uh It'll be a great match, the acclaim versus swerving our glory. You know, Tony, I'm going to say something right now that might surprise you. It might even shock you, even. But uh, I'm 51, and I know that surprised you because I'm so youthful-looking and, and handsome. But I, don't, I think people at this point love to categorize and label things. I think people maybe on the outside looking in look at the AEW fan base, and they say they're a particular age or they're a particular group. You know, I'm 51, and I love the AEW product. Do you when you look at your fan base, is there a particular age group or is there a target audience and you think you're getting that target audience? It's fascinating because we've had a lot of growth in the 18 to 34 this yes. year. And I think the acclaim to your point have been a great part of it and a lot of the people we talked about have been a huge part of it. And uh, I think we'd love to continue growing all and in the 50 plus has grown too. So uh, <laughs> that's good that's good too. And would love to build that in, you know, love to get uh, bigger audiences in every demo, including everything in between and above and beyond. So uh, definitely we hit different demos very strong and have built a female audiences up year over year too. So that's been really mm -hmm. good. So uh, in what has been for the overall, the cable industry, mostly a challenging environment. AEW's had a really good 2022, thanks to the great support of the fans, including you, Dave. So thank you. Uh, when, you when you get towards the end of the year and we're reaching the holiday season, do you kind of look back at the year and say, all right, here are certain goals that we reached during 2022? Are there things that you say, all right, here are some things that we can improve on? Do you do that at the end of the year? Uh, absolutely, especially this year, because this is our first year with Wednesday Night Dynamite on TBS. True. It was yeah. great at the end of 2021 after a few great years on TNT for Dynamite. We said, okay, well, now we have Rampage on TNT. We can continue Rampage on TNT and move Dynamite to TBS where they said you'll be uh, time shifted way less often for sports, which is great. That's been great. Way less of that. And and when we have rarely had it, like Title Tuesday, I think that ended up being one of the best shows of the year, Title Tuesday. Going into Full Gear, we've had this great run. We were up here for AEW Grand Slam and then in between have had so many great events with our three-year anniversary show, our first international events in Toronto, uh, and uh, Title Tuesday, and a bunch of great shows in between. And I think now going into full gear, uh, it's like a really exciting time for us. So it's been a great year, and in particular, the move to TBS I think has been great for Dynamite. So that's one of the most important things to the company. And then this is the final AEW pay-per-view event of the year. It's been a great year on pay-per-view. We've added to the pay-per-view calendar for the first time in our history with Forbidden Door, which is exciting yeah. because I think we showed we can add an event that will add something special to the calendar and not take anything away and keep our fans and still have a huge pay-per-view audience. And uh, we've had new heights and live events hitting the million dollar gate time after time. I think there's full gear, you know, there's still tickets available for full gear and uh, 
looking like we're going to hit that million dollar gate for the fourth awesome. fourth straight pay per view and the fifth time overall this year, including Grand Slam. First time we did it for a TV. So a lot of new heights. Plus internationally, hit record ratings in the UK. We've had our biggest audiences ever. Multiple weeks can top that top that rating. First time we ever did over two hundred thousand viewers for the Dynamite on ITV, and that partnership's growing. And we are the number one wrestling company in the UK on TV. Uh, and that's pretty cool. And uh, so it's a lot to look back on and a lot to look forward to in 2023. Really excited. Great advances making debut in new markets on the West Coast. We've never been to Seattle, Portland, San Francisco, Phoenix. These are huge markets. We are making our debut. And finally, it's really exciting that, you know, that these are things we wanted to do sooner. But over a year, we were locked down. Yeah. But, but like you said, Daly's Place, there's, there were a lot of positives, too, like you and Dr. Britt Baker brought up in your promos. So uh, <laughs> uh, it's it's good. What's the one thing you would like to improve on from this year? Is there something you look back on and say, all right, this is something we probably have to improve in 2023? It's a great question. I think in 2023, I would love to expand our content. and We have such a great roster, and I think I can utilize – the people on the roster even more. And there's uh, ways we can do that by uh, expanding the content, doing uh, more shows. And I do think live events is something we could do more of. And we have the potential to do that. We have the, the wrestlers and we have the interest around the country. And there's markets like, uh, to my point I made earlier, that we're just now hitting for the first time in years. So, and we have that capacity. That's one of the reasons uh, I want to do more live events and increase our live event revenue, bring it up, because that's one of the reasons I brought in somebody who has such great experience there in Jeff Jarrett, who has worked in the office of, I guess, at least four promotions off the top of my head, right? If yep. not more, and wrestled in countless yeah. promotions. TNA, and, Global, WWE. Yeah, he's, he's Memphis, done it yeah. all, yeah. yeah. Oh, Memphis, yeah. His own family's office, yeah. yeah. So, uh, so yeah, and so certainly Jeff's uh, experiences are so valuable in that area. So as we expand the live events, I think Jeff – with his experience there will be a great person to help grow that part of the company in addition to being a great wrestler and we haven't talked yet about Jeff Jarrett making his AEW in-ring debut teaming with Jay Lethal against Darby Allin and Sting crazy yeah I mean you know and again you've talked about how much of a Sting fan you were and and now you're seeing Sting do things that Man, we didn't see him do that 10, 15, 20 years ago. Sting is up with the current style of what's great is Sting fits wrestling in 2022 like a glove. The last few years, some of the great matches in wrestling have been Sting matches. Yeah. And he is every bit today's wrestler. And I think, you know, Sting is not uh, a nostalgia act. Sting is in 2022 still wrestling at a great level. It's, it's very impressive. And, you know, uh, like a great veteran, like it's like Ray Allen on the Heat. It's like you're managing his minutes, using him smartly, but then he comes in and hits the big shots. Okay, and it's I think it's a great comparison where he's a great contributor to a team, and it's like you know versus Ray Allen on the Celtics, and uh, that you know does that make sense? Yeah, like, that, and, absolutely. And that's why like I don't. And also, it's great to make the matches meaningful when it's a Sting match. You know, it's a big event. And he's had some great matches this year. I think in particular, man, uh, the match at Forbidden Door was so fun. And I think that shows... Uh, One of my favorite shows of the year was Forbidden Door, for sure. Thank you. Yeah. 
and you should be proud of it, and you should be proud of what Sting was able to do. Before we started the interview today, you and I were talking football. And, you know, in a lot of ways, the things that I was saying in that conversation, I feel like I'm the old man shouting at the clouds. And you even said that it's almost like putting ketchup on a steak, which I actually like putting ketchup on a steak, but that's a discussion for another time. Uh, Tony, do you feel like there's a lot of people in the world of wrestling, like, I love the line, like, you you know, either you evolve or die. Like, I think that is in every form of entertainment. It's a, it's involved in every sport. Obviously, you got to look at history and learn from it, but also everything has to evolve. And do you get upset when, you know, not to name names, but certain people, whether it's on a podcast or on the Internet, have negative things to say because it's not like wrestling was 35 40 years ago when you hear those comments can you look at those comments and say all right maybe there's some knowledge i can take from that or is it almost like hey man this is now 2022 we have to evolve we have to move forward everything is a case-by-case basis okay try to evaluate everything so some things there's a lot of thoughts that have validity and if it's a good thought if i think it makes sense and if it's applicable i would take it into account some things you see that just aren't true and are just like completely uh, disingenuous or false, then those are the ones you take a little bit of exception to. But you also see so many uh, ridiculous things that you can't get caught up these days in every ridiculous thing you read or you just won't have any time uh, to to do all the different things you have to do with your life. Yeah. So uh, I wouldn't really spend that much time thinking about it. But there are times where certain people in the wrestling media, especially people who've worked in pro wrestling, will have a thought. And I do think at times uh, those are the times where – Maybe there is validity to it, and and if I think it's a good thought, maybe I'll take into account and try and incorporate it into our production or our shows. And if it's not useful or if it's actually just false, then I, you know, who knows what I'll do. And I don't put ketchup on a steak. It's actually A1 sauce. But anyway. A1 so. is, A1's great. And also, put up whatever you want. It was a joke. But no, I also I know, like if there's people true. if you like that, I but just don't. But it's true, though. Because, you know. I joked I, when you said all the fourth down stuff. I was like, you know. it's I'm just a- ridiculous, man. I mean, it's fourth down. You're at your own 30-yard line. Why are you going for it on fourth down? Punt the ball away. Well, this You know, is, defense is part of the game, too, Tony. I'm not, uh, you know, again, I was not part of that game or part of that situation but uh it's the cowboys you know you're at your own 30 yard line but mccarthy what are you doing put the ball away for god's sake well that's not for probably another time or another show yeah i'm sorry tony okay i apologize but uh that being said going into aw full gear uh it's it is uh very exciting and you've gotten very worked up and there's a lot of things to get very worked up you know who gets me worked up mjf that's a guy who gets me worked up okay here's a guy you you hire Moxley's wife, Renee Paquette, who's phenomenal. Yeah. And I think the promos and the backstage vignettes have definitely moved up in quality because of Renee. I think she's fantastic because it's almost impossible to have a bad interview or a bad talking segment with Renee because she's so professional and she's so good. So kudos to you. That was a great hire, yeah. bringing Renee in. But you got a guy like MJF. And now people people love cheering MJF all of a sudden. I don't get it. I guess it must be the end thing to do. MJF in front of Renee is talking bad about her husband, John Moxley, which to me is completely disrespectful. Disrespected Moxley on Dynamite this past Wednesday as well. But yet fans seem to gravitate to MJF. Is it because he's a star, quote-unquote? Is that the reason why? Is it what, what is it about MJF that you think over the last year? Because I'll say this. In Newark, New Jersey last year, the last time you guys were in Newark, I was in the crowd— 
15,000 people were chanting, you know, F you to MJF. That's everybody. But I have a, a sneaky suspicion there's going to be a lot of people actually cheering MJF coming up at full gear on Saturday. What changed? Why? Why do you think now fans are starting to fall for MJF? Well, he's uh, somebody who it definitely is uh, not afraid to speak his mind. He's somebody who speaks his mind very openly, and I think the fans appreciate that. And he's also somebody who's wildly charismatic and loves pro wrestling and is very talented at it and goes about it in a very unique way and is, you know, very much uh, an exciting young talent in pro wrestling. Uh, he may be the generational talent he claims to be, and I think he's in the ring with somebody that has been dominant in pro wrestling this year. And it's a compelling story to see somebody so, uh, so somebody so confident, mm-hmm. somebody so willing to do whatever it takes to win a match, and somebody who's true to himself. I think the fans are compelled by that. But on the other hand, I think part of it is that they know he really loves pro wrestling, and uh, you know they love pro wrestling too. And I think they sense that connection. Uh, John Moxley and the company he used to work for. They didn't let Moxley be Moxley. He really was a different character, a different personality. He was Dean Ambrose. You know, he wanted, I'm sure, wanted to have freedom, creativity to do whatever he wanted because he's somebody that truly loves pro wrestling. When you have somebody like Moxley, and I'm sure he probably has a million ideas of things that he wants to do, do you let somebody like that, as somebody uh, that's overlooking this whole thing, do you let him just go and be him? Or do you got kind of say to him, all right, we need you to kind of pace yourself a little bit? Well, it just depends on the situation. Again, everything's a case-by-case basis, but I think in general, we, you know, I talk to him every week, and uh, he's somebody who absolutely has great ideas. That's mm-hmm. one of the reasons why he's been a lot more involved in the coaching and production side this year more than ever. And when we announced he signed a five-year contract extension with AEW, we were so excited because he's not only a dominant, great wrestler, a, a star world champion for us who this year is more valuable than ever, but also on the production side, he has great ideas for other people. He's a great coach, and he really cares. He'll go... Uh, whether it's on a TV day or even he goes to the independent shows to give notes to people for the young wrestlers or even for the stars. And he's also somebody who the crowd knows really loves pro wrestling, and I think that's one of the reasons this is such a compelling match. It's John Moxley versus MJF, two real students of the game of pro wrestling, and they had a big match in AEW on pay-per-view two years ago, yep. and so much has changed since then. We talked about that Daily's yep. Place era. You and Britt Baker brought up Daily's Place in that era, and now that we're talking about it again, one of the great matches was AEW All Out main event, John Moxley versus MJF for the World Championship, and a lot has changed, and both men have come so far since then, but here we are. It's come full circle. John Moxley, the World Champion, and MJF, and I think the fans have watched the evolution of both men, and they're going to be really excited to see this title fight on Saturday night at AEW Full Gear on pay-per-view. You have a, a lot of veterans in the locker room. You have a lot of people that have been, that, been there and done that in the world of pro wrestling. Our very own Mark Henry being one of them. Tony Schiavone, JR. You know, who's the one guy, if you don't mind me asking, who's the one guy, Tony, that you just love to sit down with and talk pro wrestling with that probably shares some of the best stories? Like, who's that one guy for you? I really, you know, love, I talk to Tony Schiavone a lot every week. Tony Schiavone has a lot of great thoughts and insights on the world of wrestling, but there's so many people. I mean, there's countless people. It's like when you're around a team, whether it's a sports team, you get a lot of, 
you know, people, whether it's 53 on the football team and then a couple dozen people on a coaching staff or in the world of wrestling with just dozens of people around the backstage area. So there's countless people with great insights and, you know, uh, people that have great experiences that are just people that are going to be there this weekend. Like yeah. Tony Schiavone, Chris Jericho, Sting, uh, JR, tons of people um, on the production side because he's involved in a number of aspects. I talk to Tony Schiavone like so many times a day. You know, I get a, a, a lot of Tony Schiavone stories. <laughs> um, on Saturday, I'm going as a fan and I'm taking a buddy of mine uh, who's a big wrestling fan and he was a big ECW fan. Fell out of wrestling for a very long time. Is back into pro wrestling because of AEW. Do you feel there's a lot of fans that are exactly that, that probably fell out of wrestling about 20 years ago? that are now back in because of AEW? That was absolutely the goal when we brought wrestling back to TBS and TNT originally that a few years ago we believed there were fans all over the world that had gotten out of watching pro wrestling and that we could put a lot of the best pro wrestlers, take free agents, stars, get them in there, build a wrestling company, have AEW with a, an audience, not only hardcore fans that were active wrestling watchers but also bring back the laps fans and i think they are a huge part of our audience absolutely yeah. so there are fans like that there's also people that have kept up on everything for the last 20 30 years with not without a break or very few breaks in between like myself and uh i think it's a great mix of fans and that's what, the, what makes wrestling great is there's fans from all over the world there's fans from all different walks of life all different demographics all different backgrounds and they have different favorites you could ask uh, you could sample 500 wrestling fans and say, who are your 20 different favorite wrestlers? And you'd probably get 499 different top 20 yeah. lists. Uh, and that's what makes it great. You know, you gave the fans a big moment and a big memory with bringing Punk back to pro wrestling. Obviously, things went a little, probably more than a little, but went awry with All Out back in September. Um how would you grade it? Do you still are you still happy that you did it? Uh, do you are you happy that you brought that moment and memory to I fans? I have only positive experiences in pro wrestling uh, in terms of the shows and the matches and things we did with CM Punk, and I have nothing else to say but the positive stuff about the matches and shows we did. And I don't want to comment anything beyond that. But yeah, we did. We've done a lot of great stuff to date, and uh, beyond that, I probably don't have anything else to say about it. But uh, thanks for asking. All right, well, you're making new moments and memories on Saturday at Full Gear in Newark, New Jersey. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a hot crowd. Like you said, a stacked card for Saturday. Uh, if you can't be there live, though, you said there's still a few tickets available, so make sure you get those. But if not, it's going to be available on pay-per-view, BR Live. I'm going to be there. I can't wait. I, I'm I'm gonna I'm a big fan of what you guys did at Full Gear last year in Minnesota. I'm really looking forward to it being in my backyard here in New Jersey. And Tony, as always, and you do it every Wednesday with Tony time with us. Thanks for giving me the time today. I really appreciate well, it. Well, it's great to see you in person this week. You know, ahead of AEW Full Gear on Saturday, that's been one of the nice benefits. I talk to you every Wednesday, and a lot of times I'm talking to you either from my office at AEW Dynamite or in my hotel room in the city of the show. But now. 
uh, we get to do it in person. Uh, so this is neat. So uh, and in many years I was doing it in Jacksonville when we were in the Daily's Place area. Yeah. I talk call in. So now here to see you in person. It's nice. And I want and I want to thank you seriously because you give us your time. I know you're super busy. It's game day when you come on with us. It's Wednesday, so I know you have a lot of preparation. There's a lot that you're doing, but you always find the 30 minutes to come on with us. So and we broke thank some news you. yesterday. It was, yep. You know, unfortunately, you know, it was sad that the Bonnie was out sick, but she's going to be okay. And you know, she was not, you know, it was not feeling great and didn't want to come in and get everybody sick. And that totally makes sense. And also traveling, you know, makes sense and it's responsible. And also. Uh, Anna Jay is a great wrestler with a great record and somebody would also really like to showcase and made total sense to have a great match. I thought she did really well versus Tony Storm and that was fun to come out and break some news and fun to Tony to have a great opponent ahead of her big match on Saturday with Jamie Hayter. All right, well, I'm looking forward to it on Saturday, Full Gear. AEW owner and president Tony Khan. Tony, thanks so much. Thanks, Dave. Thanks All for having me on. All right. Busted Open is part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please give a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcast. Catch the full three hours of Busted Open Monday through Saturday at 9 a.m. Eastern on SiriusXM Fight Nation, channel 156. Go to SiriusXM.com backslash Busted Open Trial to start your free trial today. Swing into Seaside Golf in Ocean City, Maryland. Play like a pro at 17 championship courses designed by golf legends like Jack Nicholas and Arthur Hills. Tee off on sweeping vistas at Eagles Landing. Savor the coastal views of Lighthouse Sound. Or see why Ocean City Golf Club is considered one of the Mid-Atlantic's finest fairways. Whether you're sneaking in a quick round on a family vacation or going all in on a golf getaway, fun is always in play at Ocean City, Maryland. Plan your trip at ococean.com. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.